Welcome to um, episode 36 of David Ashley Podcast. I am your host, Hermes Askadam. Hermes Askadam, otherwise known as Nip Hustle, Neighborhood Nip, Nipsey Hustle, or I could be Marvin Gaye. Um, you know, those two fellas passed away within like, you know, Nip was, was it? March 31st, I remember what I was doing when I got the text. <laughs> the funny part is I was on my way to get um, a, uh, hold on, Alexa, play Victory Lap by Nip- Nipsey Hussle. Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle featuring Stacey Barth. Thank you. I was, um, God, listen to this song, man. It's the perfect way to start an album. Um, This song wakes me up on um, most weekdays. God damn. Yeah, and um, prolific, so gifted. Uh, I'm a type that's going to go get it. No kidding. Yeah. No feelings. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, man. Um, I was actually on my way to go get some rib tips from Woody's. And I got another call for another delivery. And I was like, uh, let me take this last one. Let me get this last little bit of money for the day. Because I was going to finish early. And on my way back from that delivery, I got the call. Now, because Woody's is right behind um, the Marathon Plaza. Like, right, right behind. It's like, it's the Marathon Plaza, and then behind that, it's like um, the parking lot for the um, for Woody's. It's like a fish spot, and then it's like a Woody's barbecue spot. And uh, anyway, I said I'm not going to um, on my dresser. I said I was going to um, stop celebrating the day people died. Um, cause it almost like it gives, you know, um, I don't know. It gives power to the person who took them out, you know, fuck. I want to hear your CD for, uh, uh, listen to this, man. Anyway, so same with Marvin Gaye. I read the details on Marvin Gaye's death, you know, what happened that night. And I knew his father shot him, but just it was just a sad situation. And, uh, you know, 
and make it clear and they appeared find your purpose or you wasting air fuck it though y'all niggas scared man are you kidding me <laughs> anyway anyway let's let's keep it moving um we can make it real man find your purpose or you wasting air everything y'all wasting air <laughs> um I accept your challenge. So, um, yeah. So we're going to get into a few things today. Sorry for this long intro. Uh, we're going to get into Tiger King, Ozarks, uh, Quest Love. Um, my friend didn't accept my apology. What the heck? Um, Beyonce bracket. Um, bored quarantine shit. Like, not even bored. Just busy. You know? Um, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Um, I had a political candidate make a request uh, to be on my show or somebody um, in uh, um, somebody who works for the for the candidate. So stay tuned. We need love tonight. It's going to be a Stevie Wonder night. Hey, this is my favorite Stevie Wonder album. Most people's favorite Stevie Wonder album is um, Songs in the Key of Life. Mine is Music of My Mind. Uh. Come on. And every day I want to get on my camel and ride. Stevie Wonder was high as hell when he wrote this. Had to be. Um, so, episode 36. What are we going to get into first? It's going to be a real laissez-faire episode. Laissez-faire. Um, yo, the reason I chose Stevie Wonder, man, is just because, you know, <laughs> it's going to sound kind of corny, but the world's in need of love, man. Love's in need of love today, you know? Um, this COVID-19 coronavirus stuff is getting real. Um, I haven't been paying attention to the news the last few days um but i i have heard of people that i know personally um shout out to the weems family and the hardaway family hammond east chicago um, around there um they had two people in their family pass away from it and then there was a young lady that um Went to TSU, not with me, but graduated some years later. But a lot of, a lot of people that I know knew her, and uh, she was, um, she came out in '09, um, so I'm guessing that she was uh, around 31, 32. I don't know about any pre-existing conditions or anything like that. I just, you know, I do this morbid thing where um, I think I told you before, but when uh, when someone passes away. Um, and uh, somebody I know knows them, um, I like to go to their page and see what their last comments were. And like, and, and she was just commenting, not just, just four days ago, <laughs> you know? And uh, so this thing, you know, and I already knew it was real, but it's just human nature that, um, that creates, um, you know, a new respect for something once it 
comes that much closer to you. So, um, you know, man, love's in need of love today. So, um, yeah, yeah. Days through, nothing to do. Love you, and I say it cause I love having you around. Stevie has a line at the end of the song. <laughs> People need you near, so keep your black butt here. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it ride. I'm going to try to go a topic per song. And uh, I think he's going to say it next. Hold on. Nope. He's not going to say it yet. Listen to this, man. Stevie, Stevie went on the run where where he was just doing just shit he was doing was crazy just just five albums where it was just like what is what how are you creating this so just imagine hearing it for the first time in the 60s and 70s so anyway trumpet back there. He does a thing here where he says hiccup. He does it a couple times. And I think that was like an ode to Bill Cosby had a jazz album back in the day with uh, Quincy Jones. And he had a song called Hickey That was the name of the song. I know it sounds weird. When you hear it, it's, it's wild. Here. Mm. Nothing to do.
people need you near, so keep your black butt here. All right, let's get it. So let's see what else is, is here. Um, so my friend didn't accept my apology. I'm just gonna put her, put her on blast. Um, I'm not gonna say her name, but you know, yeah, I'm just saying. You know, I laid it all out on the line. I said I apologized. So I mean, you know. It'd be nice if my friend accepted my apology. Um, she's a beautiful person, but <laughs> she's not acting like it right now. Um, it's cool. So what else we got? Um, yo, Questlove. Um, wait, what else we got? To be a superwoman, is there really in the head? Uh, man, the way this song, Superwoman, jeez. Anyway, Tiger King is crazy as shit. Spoiler alert. Now, maybe I'm the last person who hasn't seen it all, but it's this reality doc, um, docu-series. It's a docu-series, and just, it is the craziest. Like, and I'm only done with episode four, so, no, episode three. So it's the craziest shit. So it's basically about this guy. It's about a bunch of people, but it's about this guy um, who is married to two dudes. He lives out in, I think, Oklahoma, and he loves cats. So he's got like over 200 some cats on this big land. And he, you know, he has like a, a little zoo. But there's one lady who's fighting against it. She says he's abusive to the cats and she's she's messing up his money and gotten him shut down, like shut down a lot of his revenue streams. Um, but it turns out she does the same, the same exact thing. And then like today's episode got into like how she even got the money to buy the cats. She married a rich dude who vanished without a trace, without a trace. And She's really popular and she's got like, you know. And then there's this other guy. Oh, and keep in mind that the the Tiger King, whatever his name is, he makes these songs, these like country songs that sound really good. <laughs> he crazy as shit, but his music sounds really good. He only plays his people at his park $100 a week. And she says that he exploits people and the cats, but she doesn't pay her people anything. And she's got like five different levels where you have to stay at least a year, like, like as a volunteer, right? You have to stay, um, you have to be a volunteer for at least a year just to move up a color. And one could, the first color is like whatever, so let's say it's blue, and you're just an intern. And then a year later, once you've been there a year, not getting paid. It's just the love of cats. I'm like, what, for what? What school is crap? Yo, this shit is crazy. And then there's another dude with a soul patch. He don't pay his people anything. He also has a park full of animals. This nigga got an elephant. Like, this is in America here. He ain't a nigga, he a white dude. 
this white nigga got an elephant. Um, and he got a bunch of cats too. And, um, and he's, you know, I'm gonna tell you like, his shit sound like a lot like our, where R. Kelly's was, right? He seduced these women who now think, um, and I'm just talking about, I ain't talking about the young portion of it, the, the um, legally too young portion of it, but I'm just talking about the, the women in the house who do what he want. You, you know, you have sex with him when you want all of this, you know, you kind of brainwash. And, uh, but you know, these ladies wouldn't say that they're brainwashed. They just, you know, but yet and still, they all came to him when they were, you know, 17, you know, 18. And now they're still with him and they stay, you know, and they, they interview some people who got away. Um, but anyway, all of these people are crazy, the right kind of crazy. And it's, it's amazing. But, uh, <laughs> hey, one of my homeboys was like, man, you better come in here and enjoy this peak whiteness. <laughs> I said, man, what is going It's the, like, I can't do it any justice. You just have to watch it. Tiger King. It's going to be wacky, but check it out. Like, I don't watch, like, you know, like, um, I tried to watch the, the, um, What's the one where you don't see Love at First Sight or whatever? Whatever the Netflix show was. I don't watch stuff like Like, I watch Married in 30 Days with people that watch it, and I liked it. But on my own, I just don't watch it. But this kind of stuff is... I don't watch shit like this, Tiger King, but it was it's, it's really good. It's really intriguing. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Let's see, what else we going? We just going down the list, y'all. Um, I thank you for rocking with me. Um, y'all had a political candidate. Um, uh, somebody who, and I didn't get the thing until late. I, 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 apparently I opened it, but I didn't, I don't know what happened. And I forgot all about it. I got back to it. So Angel, I'm sorry. Um, it, um, I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I just didn't, um, sorry, you know, I ain't get back to you, but I don't, um, I don't know. Maybe it's a little insecurity. I, I don't think I would love to talk to a political candidate, but this show isn't where I wanted to be yet. And I, you know, I, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't have enough viewers to, to, um, listeners to move the needle on that. Right. I got a, like a very niche situation here where the people who rock with me just rock with me right I'm still filling out what I want my podcast to be all these weeks later you know what I mean you know sometimes I like to structure sometimes I like you know um, like to just come in here and talk so and uh, you know all of that stuff would be here soon but this is just um, yeah I just don't know if it's a, this is the right um, platform um, for that young lady. I would love to talk to her as well, too. Not as well, but I, I would love to talk to her. But, um, you know, I thought it was an interesting request. But you, listen, you never know. Somebody is always watching. And you have to, um, you have to be prepared for that. Um, yeah, you gotta be prepared for that. Let's see. Um, What else we got? 
Uh, yo, so I thought I was done with brackets, but somebody pulled me back in. I did a Beyonce bracket. Yo, Beyonce bracket was crazy. Um, ultimately, I think cr Crazy in Love won. I think, uh, but you know, from what I'm seeing, the top four, um, you know, give or take, are Formation, Crazy in Love, um, Love on Top. Um, what's the last one? Who run? Um, no. Crazy in Love, Love on Top. Um, oh, Single Ladies and Formation. Um, I picked. Um, I picked uh, my final. That was my final four. Was EXO. Um, my final four was Formation, EXO, Love on Top, and Single Ladies. No, I'm sorry. Crazy in Love, EXO. Love on top of formation. And uh, formation. Yo, I was in the club. Not in the club, but I was at a party, at a kiss and grind party. In 2016, I believe. And so, <clears throat> what happened this day? Oh, so Beyonce had just dropped the video for formation. And maybe like a couple of days later, Kiss and Earth, Wind, and Fire was supposed to be a Kiss and Grind. This was the last night version of Kiss and Grind. Kiss and Grind is a party. It was it, they they talked about it on uh, Insecure. If you watch Insecure, and um, DJ uh, what's his name? What's his name? Victor Duplay. He puts it on, but it, they're all day parties now, um, which is cool. But it's like man. Those kids and grinds just get it in, but so anyway, it was when Maurice White died, and uh, but he wasn't. Um, so Earth, Wind, and Fire canceled, obviously, but they had these two DJs come in. These two J DJs ripped it, man. It's the first time I ever heard "Smells Like Teen Spirit" mixed into like a um, like a R and B, uh, like you know, hip hop R and B soul kind of vibe. And uh, they didn't change nothing. They just played something, you know, something upbeat. And then if we usually don't know who Teen Spirit is, it's like, there we are now, entertainer. And we still play, entertainer. Da da da, da da da. And uh, yo, he mixed it right in. And somebody formed like a small little mosh pit. Listen, I'm talking about a number of black folk. Not that black folks don't listen to rock, but this particular group, you know, was group of folk. It was just, um, it was great, man. The place went up, man. But anyway, I heard Formation come on. Not, It came on, and I was like on the balcony, so I could see how the place went up. Shit was bananas. So it was really hard not to pick Formation for um, that. Uh, for the, her best song. But just to, you know, just the hold that Beyonce has on the culture, man, is just amazing. Um, for all this time, you know? Um, just the hold, like, you know, Beyonce, Drake, Hove. But Drake really has it. But Drake and Beyonce has it in a, in a, in a, 
in a crazy way. Um, it's like this last album, like Lemonade. Lemonade wasn't, Beyonce didn't care nothing about, she didn't care nothing about the charts. She just dropped it. And I think Lemonade was strictly for black women. It was strictly for women, but it was strictly for black women. No press, no nothing. Just drop it and get out of my face. <laughs> you got to love it. I had a, uh, a little uh, a discussion with somebody else who, um, somebody else who uh, did the bracket, who, who claims to be a Beyonce fan, a lifelong Beyonce fan, who says Beyonce doesn't make good albums. I was like, what? Like, even if she's not your cup of tea, you like to say she doesn't make good albums is just not you cannot like the albums but to say she doesn't make good albums i i just don't think that's a i just don't think that's a true statement um yeah let's see um on another note i am looking forward to this rihanna album i just heard a song on rihanna's last album that i had never heard before and um it was about her drinking and, you know what I'm saying, one of those apologizing calls, but it was really like, it was in the vein of uh, Love on the Brain, but it was a shorter version. And uh, it was a really, it was a really nice song. Her voice was high, it sounded like she was straining, but uh, what is it called? I'm gonna have to find the name of that song. I'll post it. Uh, <clears throat> hey, my sweet, sweet mama. Um, let's see, um, and listen, man, I didn't get my final four, so I'm a bracket guy. I did a little Debbie's bracket. Yep, I sure did. And don't judge me. Um, ultimately, who did I have win? Oatmeal cream pie should have won. They thought they were going to win. But I had to give it to the honey bun. Um, people, when you do a bracket, I'm gonna give you a quick bracketology breakdown right quick. See, people just do brackets. People don't understand the the point of a bracket is to reward the better songs, the better snacks, the better teams. So in in like so let's take NCAA for for instance. In it, you have 64 teams, right? It's 68 now, but I mean, you know, it's the base of it is 64, right? So you have four brackets, right? 16, 16, 32, 16 is 16. You have the you have the northeast bracket, southeast bracket, northwest bracket, whatever. You got the four brackets. But in each bracket, you have a one seed and a 16 seed. You have the, the best team and then the, uh, the worst team, right? And then two and 15 play, and then three and 14 play, and so on and so forth, right? You can't be putting like, so I did a, um, I did a best R&B bracket, um, a best R&B soundtrack bracket, right? And who, some, one of the jerks, who created it had Boomerang. So everybody knows that thing is supposed to come down to Boomerang 
and way to exhale. But they had some of the big ones in the same bracket. And I'm like, you can't do in the same like region. You can't do that because it messes up the bracket. You know, um, sorry, I'm passionate about this stuff. <laughs> it's like if you're going to do the bracket, do it right, man. Um, people got on me for not uh, for I knocked out Whitney Houston bodyguard in the first round and I knocked out Purple Rain in the first round. Those listen, those are not soundtracks. Those are albums from that person. Technically, they're soundtracks because it was released as a soundtrack to accompany uh, Purple Rain and The Bodyguard. But if it's just one artist on the whole thing, I don't. That's not. That's not real to me. So I don't count them. It's not fair. You gonna put a Prince album against a bunch of compilation albums? You gonna give a Whitney Houston albums with Diane Warren written tracks? That's not fair. That's not fair at all. You know what I mean? That's not fair. So that's my explanation. If you ever see, if you ever see it, um, <laughs> and make love to you, cause we ain't make love in so long. Stevie Wonder is drunk at the end of this song, not in real life. He said, "You know the wolf is waiting on you." He said, "Come on now, baby." He said, "Don't make me." get mad and, and act like a nigga, I turn this damn thing out. That's what Stevie Wonder says at the end of this song. It's amazing. When I first heard it, I was like, yo, what happened? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Stevie Wonder called in to um, Stevie Wonder called in to uh, so Questlove. Yo, hold on. Pause. This song is happier than the morning sun. Huh? Stevie, you can't even see. I heard Questlove do an interview on Breakfast Club today. It was about 15 minutes. It was pretty good. Check it out. Um, where Questlove, um, you know, he was doing this long Stevie set. Um, you know, just on his own. He's been going off like uh, D-Nice, just on some wild nighttime set and and he's like like if you listen to Questlove he really has a wide like range his podcast is amazing by the way and um, just amazing and uh, he's talked to some of everybody but he gives you kind of like an education on the song and that's not for everybody because everybody don't like it but he's playing he had a dumb a dumbass Prince set Ugh. but Stevie Wonder calls in the middle of his Stevie Wonder set you know, so anyway, um, he's just flabbergasted. But on the Breakfast Club today, he talked about, um, uh, you know, there's this rumor going around, and check it out that Stevie Wonder is actually not blind and can see. And um, Quest, uh, he, Charlemagne asked Stevie, asked Quest Love. He said, "You're not one of these people that believe Stevie can see, do you?" And um, oh no, Quest Love asked Charlemagne that. Charlemagne said, no, I don't believe that, but I believe that he can see, but he has some kind of senses far beyond what, you know, that sees better than all of us somehow. And Questlove says, yo, that's wild that you say that. He was at the Tonight Show one time and somebody brought in two Starbucks, scalding hat Starbucks cups and placed it on the table. But they did it in a way that one of them was 
near the end and it looked like it was going to fall off and Stevie was sitting right by it. Questlove went to move the 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 T. Stevie Wonder said, uh-uh, I got it. I could do it. And he, Questlove said it blew his mind because he was like, how would you know, know that? He said, so clearly they have this other sense or they combine their other senses to, to um, you know, to compensate. And the way Stevie Wonder writes songs, it's like, I'm happier than the morning sun. What are you talking about? And um, was this a Beatles song? But even still, the way the way Stevie writes is just, um, it's like, how can you describe the things that you can describe? Haven't, you know, never not been able to see, you know, anyway. Um, shout out to Questlove, man. Keep doing your thing, homeboy. Uh, homeboy. Inside my life, my life, I believe that everyone should be. Um, I decided to slow down on work and, and not put myself in harm's way. Uh, I ran into a couple of people who just, you know, wasn't, they weren't right. Um, you know, whether, whether I was picking up, you know, the thing, the delivery or dropping it off. And I was just like, and when I say they weren't right, it's like they were, whether they had a cold or whatever, it spooked me. And I'm just like, you know what? I am careful, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not about to catch this thing, man. I'm not about to catch this thing. So, you know, we, you know, we got to figure out another way to get it. You know what I mean? And, uh, this presents a, uh, an interesting challenge, you know, um, but I'm up for it, you know, um, working on some other things, got some other things in the pot, but I love to see the creativity that's going to come out of this, you know, we got battles, and by the way, um, Scott Storch destroyed Manny Fresh today on the Beats battle, um, I just, I don't know who else is left, they said Teddy Riley was supposed to do something, I think I missed that. But I was thinking, like, who could Teddy Riley go against? The only people worthy of going against Teddy Riley, to tell you the truth, is Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, um, and Babyface. The only, the only people. You know. And if they wanted to, listen, you get, if y'all wanted to bless the culture and do a try, a, tr a tryway battle, or give Teddy Riley a bye, and then make Babyface and uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis go at it. And then, you know, Teddy Riley be waiting in the wings, you know. I love these battles, man. Like, the Neo and Jonte Austin battle. Listen, you would have thought that, um, you would have thought that Neo was going to win that. But I think Jonte Austin won that. And the only sketchy thing is that, I ain't going to say sketchy, but sometimes when you look at the credits, um, a lot of people write these songs sometimes, right? And some people may have, you know, composed the song. Some people may have wrote the, that move, the music for the song. Some people have, may have chimed in on the hook, um, you know, the chorus. You know, and they get credit and, or the person who made the song was big. So uh, the person who sang on the song was big. So they were like, nah, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know, I'm going to take, I'm, give me some credit. It's my shit. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. I understand. But, um, you know. But nonetheless, um, you know, somebody said Jermaine Dupri and who? I mean, Jermaine Dupri got 
crazy hits too. So you know, Jermaine Dupri got hits nobody knows he has, as he'll tell you in every interview. Nobody gives him credit. But I mean, you know, I guess that's if you're low key, right? Um, ooh, Jermaine Dupri and Pharrell. Because I think Timbo, see, because I think it was about 10 years ago, Kanye and Swiss Beast did this on stage. And then maybe about two years ago, um, Swiss Beats and Just Blaze did this online. And and then a few nights ago, Swiss Beats and Timberland did, did it. And again, both of those are just, they both got smashes with Hove. They've both got smashes, you know, Swiss with DMX, Timbaland with everybody else. It's crazy. Um, yeah, just some amazing stuff. And that one with Swiss Beats and um, Just Blaze, Swiss Beats dropped a song, and go listen to it, with Jadakiss, Nas, DMX, and Jay-Z. It, just, it, was, it was mind-blowing. Like, I was like, what? Cause that's some that's some late '90s type shit, like, like some, you know, niggas then started something and and and, and blackout and uh, Reservoir Dogs, you know. Oof, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, man. So um, anyway, uh, the Jordan documentary is going to be early, but the Dirty Dogs are going to release it once a week. It starts on April 19th, and they're going to do it every week. They're going to do two episodes for five weeks, which it's like, okay, cool. I was ready to binge that shit in one day, though. <laughs> it's that serious. Um, let's see. I'm currently involved in a debate. So I made this, um, I made this fake um, battle between Usher and Chris Brown. I made a flyer for it. I created it. The same way Jonte Austin and them and Swiss Beats. And also, wait, side note, the Jonte Austin and um, uh, Neo battle is in song, playlist form on title, as well as uh, um, Timberland and Swiss Beats. So go check that out. As well as the playlist for DJ, uh, for D-Nice's, um, you know what I'm saying, uh, thing. It's not the mixes, but it's the actual song, so. Vibe out to that if you need to. So anyway, um, I made a I made a fake flyer for um, like just trying to get see what people thought, see if we could get it going and get it to the masses. It didn't work. It, people clearly saw through it. Um, yo, this song been so long. Yo, if you get a chance, turn the lights out and listen to this song. Music of my mind, Stevie Wonder. Music of my mind. Um, been so long. She. Turn the lights out and just vibe out to this song, man. Lady love and lady care. Lady went away. To suffer. Now it seems it's not fair for me to fall in love, baby. The truth is known, you must uncover. 
been so long. Seems so long, I'm sorry. So anyway, I created this fake flyer. I'm sorry, y'all, I got musical Tourette's, you know that. Um, and I put it in my stories, and a friend was like, man, please, this, is, this don't make sense. I'm like, what you mean? And he was, I was just trying to test the waters to see what he, you know, thought, what, see where his headspace was. And he was like, Usher is underrated, this and that. And I was like, oh, okay, I thought you were going to say Chris Brown, because this dude is like a year younger than me. So I am, um, so then I was like, yeah, I thought you was going to get all millennial LeBron James and Drake on me. He was like, no, he was like, I'm Hove and MJ all day. And then he said, he said, uh, I, I like the mic. Sometimes I, I find a little pause with Jordan and LeBron. And I'm like, what's the pause? See, cause for me, it's an offensive question. Like, for me, I, LeBron is one of the best ever. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the Jordan ship has sailed. Like, it's Jordan, you know, it's like Hove said. He said, so in summation, I don't know who you're facing. I'm already at the finish line with the flag waving. And that's, that's, and that's what I think, you know what I'm saying, Michael Jeffrey Jordan is. He's, he's at the finish line. And uh, there is no duplicate, like, you know. So I'm in this current, like, like kind of like back and forth battle with him, um, you know, this debate. And it's just like, come on, man. I'm like, dog, I thought you were Jordan at home. I thought you were Jordan. What are we doing? Uh, but nonetheless, a worthy conversation with somebody who knows, you know what I'm saying, who's, you know, semi-rational. Shout out to Rick, uh, semi-rational. <laughs> Uh, Rick and I had an argument about Jay-Z, um, you know, um, about the Jay-Z and the NFL stuff. I find it interesting how we take um, human beings, we turn the corner like when, it, like when it comes to one person who might be like the underdog. Like we got an underdog gene in us that that makes us go for the underdog, whoever we think is the underdog immediately. And I just find it, it's fascinating. So, because um, I think it makes us lose logic. And when we tap into emotions, and that's human beings, right? Human beings are emotional, but sometimes when we're arguing, our emotions kind of lead us away from the logic of it all, right? And it, it becomes hard, you know. That's why arguments are like, it's like, dude, and I'm on a tangent right now, clearly. But when you get into an argument, it's um, after the first two exchanges, it's just you versus me. It, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with what we were talking about anymore. It's just that I just don't want to lose to you. Especially if your tone was off or if you, you, know, you were kind of indignant about the way you were talking. Or if you talked down or if you were kind of like snarky or glib. It's like, oh no, nigga, you, I'm locked in. I'm locked in to proving, I'm locked in to not giving in tonight, you know? And um, anyway, I find it interesting, man. Um, yeah, yeah. So this next section, I'm gonna have to, um, 
I'm going to going to take music off for it. Um, Alexa, turn down three percent. Alexa, turn up two percent. Alexa, turn the volume up two percent. Well, she gonna be an asshole and turn the whole thing. All right, forget it. I'll just go into it. Um, so, the Ozarks. Um, spoiler alert. If you have not watched Ozark or if you plan to, um, you can go ahead and log off the podcast right now. And I'll say my salutations to you. I'll say, uh, you know, just remember that each day <laughs> you have the opportunity to move forward into uh, greatness, into um, into growth or to fall backwards into comfort. All right, toodles. So, um, it, it's a it's a fascinating dynamic on the show this season. So, what's happening right now? So, Marty Bird. If you watch it, you know Marty Bird is he he has been tasked with the difficult a job of um, laundering money for the Mexican uh, cartel, right? Mexican drug cartel. And his life depends on it. But he's really, really, really good at what he does. But he's also closed off. And now his, him, his, him and his wife are in therapy, couples therapy. He's paying, he's paying the therapist after they both, him and his wife, leave, go their separate ways, he comes back to the house and pays it there. Like, it's some shit going on. So these are, I shouldn't have told you that. This is the dynamics. So Marty is in charge of uh, this hotel that they were able to buy in order to get themselves, keep themselves alive. Because somebody who was a local, um, a local country power source meaning like they were the big shit locally. Um, they killed one of the, anyway, you know the story. So now they got this, they got this casino that they're running. The FBI is on his ass. Marty knows all the moving parts, right? But now his wife, his wife wants, she, her wife is, his wife is competent. She used to be in politics. Apparently she was on the first Obama campaign. She was, she's like a very competent person. But now she's been kind of, I guess she feels she's kind of been relegated to the help. And, you know, anytime you're a competent person who's not able to fly or who's not able to spread your wings or in at least attempt to fly, you're going to feel trapped, right? Either let me fly or give me death, right? Um... So it's a DMX reference, by the way. So this is what's happening. His wife is like, oh, I feel I can do this. But now there is a lawyer who is the liaison between them and, um, and the cartel. So the lawyer is starting to realize, oh, Wendy is very capable of what she does. But she's also going through 
some marital affairs with her husband. Her husband is being a, a ass and they're fighting for custody and all of that. And her life and their life, she's trying to keep him alive, but he doesn't know who she works for. So he's going to, he's, he takes every chance to jab her, right? So this is the place she's in. So now she sees Wendy, another very capable woman, and she's leaning towards Whitney, Wendy. Wendy wants to open a new casino as an opportunity to kind of show what she can do. And also she pitched it to the drug lord as, a, as the cartel boss as a way for him to leave a legacy for his kids. But Marty the whole time is like, Marty's trying to sabotage them buying that new casino because he know what's gonna happen. He knows what's gonna happen, right? I forgot this was at the end of the song. So sure enough, as soon as they buy the, 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 new, uh, the new hotel, I, uh, fed, the feds are like, okay, now we're gonna audit you because you just bought a new hotel, right? So Marty takes that back to his wife and went. So just anyway, I ain't gonna explain the whole thing to you, but just the dynamic of, I, what did I put on Facebook? Um, and I wrote something at the time that I felt where it was just like, it's like people, how, it's, it's, it's just a fascinating case study in, in the need for communication, right? Um, somebody just tagged me or something. Hold on. Um, so I said, um, I said, Ozark just goes to show how deep the need for marital communication goes. The need to feel heard knows no bounds, even in the face of almost certain death. Wendy doesn't care about anybody's life. Marty only cares about laundering the money, even though, you know, that's what's keeping everybody alive. Um, and it's a fascinating tug of war. Wendy wants to be free. She wants to feel and spread her uh, capable wings. But I can't say I agree with the situation she put herself in. Either you believe this is Marty's fault because he isn't hearing Wendy out, or you believe that Marty's just trying to keep the family alive and Wendy's need to spread her wings is putting everybody in danger. And the truth is, <clears throat> Yes, on the latter, but you could, depending on how far back your strategy goes, you could blame Marty for not making sure his wife feels heard, right? Because it, it, even in the face of certain death, human beings need to feel heard. We need to feel like somebody is hearing us. And <clears throat> it goes back to this, um, this lady, Estelle Perel, She's a like a renowned psychologist and marital like she does marital counseling and all of that. She has a she actually has a podcast where she um, she does a live session with couples. And um, but I was hearing her on, a, on another podcast one day. She says, and I've said this before. She says like so. Say um, my wife and I are in in front of her. Um, and, and my wife gives her gripes and what she thinks is the problem, our main problem. She, the Estelle says, I don't let the other person talk until they've said out, out of their mouths what their partner's 
problem with their part with the problem with their marital problems are through their partner's words so otherwise if my wife says i feel like david doesn't only listens to his instinct it doesn't listen to me as much as he listens to himself i can't start giving my you know what i think is wrong until i say verbatim what my wife thinks the problem is because that's a tool because that now because people only want to be heard right and oftentimes like when you talk about um even like if you listen to hostages right if you listen to um like uh not hostages but hostage negotiators even they'll tell you the person on the other end only wants to be heard 80% of the time and once you've heard them and once they believe that you've heard them they let it go they're fine i was listening to this one guy who was just like he was a former hostage negotiator he wrote a book and i'm going to find that book i think i spoke about it some weeks ago he 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 says he has this technique of getting somebody to say yes i'm sorry getting somebody to say no because somehow saying no empowers you his strategy is to get them to say yet to no several times at least seven i think and once that person has said the word no not even that they've answered no to a question but just the word no once they've said it so many times uh now they're open they're more open to whatever the negotiation is because now they feel heard they feel powerful and um man the human brain is is amazing but i don't know what's more amazing the human brain or the way we found to manipulate um the human brain so anyway <clears throat> i just thought this was a fascinating um tug of war um and although it's fiction i think it's based in the reality that we all want to be heard and you know we will go to great length great lengths no matter what the consequences are to be heard you know and uh, so keep that in mind all you relationship folk um keep it in mind um you know whenever you're in that argument just stop and be like all right you know when you're about to talk it's just like what's the um what's the letters for the trying to say wait it's okay wait right wait it says why am i talking all right before you just jump into an argument you know and um you know be mindful of what you're putting out there um be mindful of you know how you're making that other person feel um listen don't listen to respond but listen to understand right and um yo i'm talking all this shit now you know communicate <laughs> as i said last week or the week before last even though my friend didn't accept my apology even though i apologized three times but it's fine um anyway we're wrapping it up now stay safe you guys and gals um stay safe this thing is real 
right? We could argue about what caused it later. Um, um, I mean, hold Trump accountable for calling this thing a hoax and not taking it seriously. But first and foremost, y'all, just stay safe, man. I, you know, just stay safe. This thing is still on the upswing. And um, we don't know where it's going to go. But you know how to avoid it. But stay inside. And uh, that's about all I got to say. Um, uh, yeah. So... As always, good people, each day you have the opportunity to move forward into growth or fall back into comfort. I hope you chose the former. This has been David Ashley, podcast number 36, and I'm out. Why was that so dramatic? <laughs> you know what? We're going to go out on the song. If you didn't already tune out. What's my favorite Stevie Wonder song? Um, no, never mind. I'm out.